Hello, welcome back to the Untitled SEO Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Laws. Thank you very much for joining us today. Now, in Series 3 of the podcast, we are doing something I call LAN, which is Live Action Networking. If you don't work in SEO, you might not know that we all talk to each other. We're all kind of quite friendly and we don't really see each other as competition as a whole. That being said, if you're listening to this and you are an SEO consultant who closely guards all your secrets and doesn't have any friends, that might be why. Just start speaking to people. So the concept of this this show is that, well, I speak to people. I've said speak to people too many times. So I'm going to finish jabbering on and I'm going to introduce our guest. I'm going to ask our guest to introduce themselves. Go for it. Hi, Andrew. So my name's Matthew White, and I started my own SEO company in October last year. And as you say, it's all about talking to people in the same industry. It absolutely is. And uh, we, we know each other through the Creative Collective, which is absolutely what that is all about. It's collaboration, not competition, and, and all those kind of fun phrases. Martin and Ben are going to be so happy with you. Oh, well, for mentioning them just kind of straight off the bat. Well, this is, this is part of the thing I love about the Creative Collective. First of all, they understand that people in SEO are creatives because you kind of have to be, but also because they're just very good at bringing people together. They're a, Yeah, they're a great bunch. I think they, they've really helped me personally, only being in business for a few months, just finding my flow and also having people in the same industry gives you similar problems, similar dilemmas, and it's a support group as well. This is, yeah, this this episode won't just be an advert for the, the creative collective networking, but one of the things that I'd like to tell people about it is it's not just turning up for a Zoom meeting once a month. There's there's several WhatsApp groups that just, God, I can't keep up with all the chatter. There's also a lot of peer-to-peer support, and also the two people who run it, Matt and Ben, spend their time trying to make or helping you to make connections with people in their networks that, that they think might be interesting or useful to you, which is great. Absolutely. Right. So there's several reasons I want to speak to you. Uh, do you mind, are you Matt or Matthew? Uh, go with Matt. Matt. Okay, cool. I'm the opposite way around. If people call me Andy, I don't realize they're addressing me and I, I just look very rude. <laughs> Um, one of the other, one of the things that caught my attention when I first met you is that you used a word in conversation or on LinkedIn or somewhere that that speaks to a part of my experience and a part of my world that might not mean a lot to many other people, and that word's pneumatics. Yeah. So I, I've been around, uh, so you know, ETPs and pneumatics and and all that stuff for for many many years uh, through a client. Um, I'm currently a subscriber to Pneumatics and Hydraulics magazine and have been for many years. <laughs> I genuinely, it's an area I'm generally quite quite geeky about. So what, what's your connection to Pneumatics? I mean, it's a great industry. I worked there for 14 years before starting out for myself. So starting in at the bottom, admin, and then I grew to love the products. I was intrigued. I wanted to know how they worked, how what applications require them, and it just became, I ended up being technical sales before looking after their websites, but there was nothing better than putting together a complete project. It would be, how can I get this to do that? And you'd have to get all of it together. And pneumatics was logical. It all followed a process. If one thing didn't work, 
go back a step. Does that work? Yes. Go back a step. Does that work? Yes. Go back a step. Well, that's the problem then. That doesn't work. It just followed a nice sequence. You're completely right. And, and generally pneumatics, either nothing happens or something very loud happens if it's not working. But I, I always kind of liked the fact that it's a lot safer than hydraulics in, in many many applications. So I, I come to it from the world of flexible packaging. So stuff that gets wrapped around food. I mean, obviously, you don't want oil anywhere near that at all. Whereas pneumatics, it's air. You know, if something leaks, it's, it's air and it can be under high pressure, but it's not stinky, horrible oil. It's a big thing with pneumatics. It's intrinsically safe. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's... I was going to say, I wasn't going to disagree with you, but I, I have seen a loose, a loose. Um, I shouldn't have been this on the podcast. I, I was working somewhere in Germany, and um, I, I saw a loose two centimeter bore <laughs> pneumatic hose going absolutely berserk. Where <laughs> it come out? But yeah, that was that may have just been me. Whip hoses were invented for a reason. They should <laughs> definitely be in place. <laughs> right. Anyway, we, should, we, we can't spend all of this time talking about pneumatics. <laughs> as, much as, as much as I would enjoy that, I've actually sampled um, ETPs and, and other bits of pneumatic equipment and used them in the music I make. <laughs> so, you know, Which I, is I, amazing. I really mean it. I really, well, they make a really good kind of like hi-hat sound, um, some little, the little release you get from an ETP. Anyway, enough of that. So we've clearly established that that you you worked in a field that that you became you know very very fond of and became to really like and it's it's a story I hear from a lot of people who have worked in tech especially in engineering. So what made you kind of start to look outside that and think hmm, I fancy I fancy doing SEO full time. So I'd always been into computers, a bit of a geek. I love computers. I built them when I was younger. And I've always been interested in websites and it just, I always wanted to be a graphic designer, I think, when I left school, but I didn't really know how to get into it. Ended up working retail and then at my old company because I needed money, had mm. to pay for my nights out. I was young, needed a car, <laughs> wanted that freedom. So it was a case of get a job, get going. And then over the last couple of years, while I was working on the sites, I decided, yeah, this, this is it. This is what didn't really exist 15 years ago that I wanted to do. It's, it's a brilliant time to be getting into SEO. I think it's been around, well, I've been doing it for 25 years now, but to be honest, there wasn't really much in the first few years. We sort of knew the concepts. And for one thing, SEO was really easy when there was hardly any websites. But even kind of starting to learn it in the last 15 years and starting a company as recently as you have, we're still at the, the cutting edge here. We're still in the Wild West. This is still something that I genuinely think school kids are going to learn about in 100 years' time as, as the weird, the weirdness of the world of SEO. Oh, absolutely. Especially, it's just getting weirder now. I mean, <laughs> just the Reddit deal alone with Google recently was something like 60 million. I and... am really interested. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, absolutely. I've only read a little bit about it, but as I understand it, Google are paying Reddit to so that Reddit will allow Google to crawl Reddit. Basically, is that right? Yeah, that's that's the general gist I get from what I've read. But if anyone's ever been on Reddit, that's not the sort of things you want appearing at the top of your search <laughs> article. 
That's such a polite way of putting it. I mean, <laughs> Reddit is, um, I've been on Reddit, Reddit for years, but I'm on Reddit in a similar way to how you might watch a TV documentary about somebody who's got three arms. I'm kind of it's like car crash social media. It's the best thing ever. Absolutely. So the thing I, I'm really tickled about with, with this whole Google Reddit thing is that Google have spent 20 odd years now saying we respect authority and we respect people who have put in the time and done the mileage and have the experience. But now we're going to scrap all that and we're just going to look at Reddit. Yeah, because they are experts in their field of, I don't know, I don't know the best way to word that politely, to be honest. <laughs> it's all right. We, 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 uh, there is a little profanity flag I can put when I publish episodes of the podcast, but so far, so far we've avoided using it. Um, this comes in the same week that in SEO news, Apple have basically turned Bing down. So Google pays Apple a ridiculous amount of money so that Google is the default search on Apple devices. And Bing came along and said, look, we'll give you more money. And Apple being Apple, I doubt they were like ethically going, oh, I don't know about that. Apple are going, yeah, all right, how much money you got? And yet they looked at Bing and went, yeah, maybe not. I mean, Bing Copilot is a world of its own, what I've seen compared to ChatGPT. Mm. Some of the things it comes out with are just outrageous. I do think this is where Microsoft are starting to fight back, though. Because Google just just hasn't quite got their their act together with AI. They keep renaming everything. Typical Google thing. They go right. It's Bard. No, it's Gemini. Uh, no, it's and then you suddenly realise they've got all these all these slightly similar offerings with all different names that they'll change every now and then. I'm just like, just just quit it. Just just call it something. It's um, Google have almost got too big for themselves. They almost don't know what they're actually involved with half the time. That's why they can't say "Don't be evil" anymore. That was their old their old tagline, wasn't it? Like we might be being evil, we're not sure. <laughs> yeah, it feels like that now, definitely. <laughs> but Google now with possible added evil. So, so what, what what's your feeling on this? I mean, other than sort of mild chaos around Google and AI, I think the biggest thing is still the fundamentals. It's the the branding. People want to buy from people that have the same ethos and share the same values as them. So with your content marketing, with your SEO, it's about putting across who you are as a company and what you stand for, rather than just churning out AI articles. Oh, good. It, it really is. I mean, if you're just going to churn out AI articles, AI articles Google's going to ignore them, despite the fact Google is providing the tools for writing them. It's just, yeah. I mean... <laughs> company called Candor, who are a really good SEO agency in Norwich, and they did a massive study. And they managed to rank a site with, I think, tens of thousands of AI-generated articles. And it, it lasted for about six months, and it just literally tanked overnight. So for, for for one thing, I know no one's probably listening to this who doesn't know anything about SEO, but yeah, just, just to be clear, don't, don't do that. Don't generate ton, tons of AI content. And yet, this is something that I've seen in SEO many times over. As soon as somebody or a group of people in SEO think there's a shortcut, as soon as they think there's there's a way around doing the actual graft, they will try and do it. The thing with Google is it doesn't actually know what good content is. All it can look at is signals. 
So if somebody goes on your site and then instantly goes off and searches for the same thing, it's a bad signal. That's the only way it can tell if it's good or bad content. They they would like us to think otherwise, but I think you've pretty much zoomed it out. They they are still <coughs> excuse me. They're still reliant on on human behaviour. And the other sort of gripe I have is that Google are calling some things AI that flat up are not AI. And and that, it's it's happening everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Any AI content detector is just coming back that it's AI, even if you've written it yourself. Oh, this, this is this is so weakening because I I write, and we have many mutual friends who are copywriters. And now I, I I put put stuff in the AI content content sector all the time that I I have definitely definitely written myself. You know, AI detected, and for one thing, I Google's detection. I would like to think it'd be a lot better than any of those free online tools for, for checking AI content. But at the same time, I haven't seen a lot of evidence from Google over the years to prove to prove me correct. No, it's a weird situation when even what you write, you can't guarantee you write, which is a weird thing to say. <laughs> it's Even though you've written it, you're being told that you haven't. And then that just proves mistrust in the industry. It does, but... Speaking as an old man who's who's been around SEO for a while, I think I'm kind of amused when I see a lot of people in SEO getting quite consumed with these kind of conversations. Because, again, I've seen it before. People got absolutely obsessed with backlinks, how clean the backlink profile is. People got absolutely obsessed with how many in turn, you know, finding out exactly how many backlinks there should be that are, like, unbranded, how many should be naked URLs. Any time you get too obsessed with any one facet of, of SEO, you're kind of missing the bigger picture, which is just do good stuff. Do do the stuff that represents good practice for a company. Don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah, exactly. If the content's good, it aligns with what the customer is looking for. If it solves a pain point of the actual search query, then it's going to be successful. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> You see tutorials, how to write shareable content. And I always think that you just write good content. I've written some stuff which I thoroughly enjoyed. I wrote a massive article about facts around shipping containers, which I really enjoyed writing. And we did it just to sort of partly for entertainment for the client, for the client's client uh, customers, and, and also to sort of show we knew what we were talking about. We never did it for link building. And yet that's earned so many really really good links from really good sources and it was never the goal it wasn't a link building exercise it's interesting you say that because the more you tailor it towards being shared the more often it's not actually shareable because it looks forced oh yeah especially when people write stuff in a chunk so hey this chunk's really easy to share you know do it so that a certain chunk of text is really easy to share no just just don't seo amplifies excellence it doesn't cover up the gaps or the cracks you know it, it doesn't doesn't con- conjure nonsense or at least it shouldn't do no it has to be good in the first place otherwise there's no point in doing it exactly so how are you finding it you've been in business now un- up well under a year um how, how are you how busy are you i realize that's putting you on the spot on a podcast <laughs> i'm i'm quite busy i was very lucky because the company I worked for before asked me to continue working on their sites. Hey, I've done that before twice. <laughs> so it was a, I call it a soft landing. Yeah. It's, it took a bit of pressure off, especially only being in business for four months now. 
and I've picked up another client along the way, which is great. Excellent. So I'm, it works. Really pleased to hear it. And I think that the, your countenance and the way you, you speak with, with enthusiasm, I, I have no doubt, is, is a part of, of how successful you've been. So long may that continue. Um, do you have kind of big plans or are you kind of a let's, let's see what happens kind of guy? I'm a let's see what happens. Let's get through to the end of the year, still be in business and evaluate from there kind of guy. You said something before we started recording, which which there's loads of stuff you've said that really resonates with me. I started by building computers. I wanted to be a designer. I, I worked for a company and retained that company as a client. There's, there's quite quite a lot in common here, which I'm which I'm very much enjoying. But something you said to me off air, which I hope you don't mind me mentioning, you said that one of the things you've learned already is that if you try and portray yourself as as something or as a person you think other people will find appealing then you might find it more of a struggle than just being yourself can you tell us a little little bit about that if you only if you're happy to you can tell me to stuff it no no absolutely i so i applied to be on this as i was saying to you before it back in december so at that stage i'd only had the company six weeks wow. so what i put in my form is what i thought people would want to see which isn't true what i've come to find in networking and general conversations with people is being yourself is more important than being who you think people want you to be you will get more clients you'll be more true and it will come off as better content if it's you yourself it's easy to be you than someone else everybody has more experience in being themselves i mean i've got nearly 50 years experience of, of being an andrew so yeah, it would be quite difficult at this stage to to be something else. But it comes across in in everything anyone in any industry does. If you're not being genuine, then people can can tell. And yeah, you, you can polish your edges and you can sort of you know, make an effort to learn and improve and all that. But you're completely right. You know, the absolute daftest crap I post on LinkedIn always gets the best result. I post loads of curated content. I put thought things I think are thoughtful up. And then recently I made a video video tour of the office here, which was complete nonsense. And it which went I actually so saw. Well. You saw brilliant. that? Yes, it was great. <laughs> Thank you. What, what, what made me that think, what made me ponder with that is that people don't hire us in SEO because of our specific skill sets. Because I'm, to be honest, I'm not sure anyone outside of SEO really understands what our specific skill sets are they hire us because they can tolerate us or they enjoy our company absolutely i think seo is still seen as a dark art it's a, a mystic industry <laughs> a mystic industry i've spent years fighting that and yet you're right you're completely right yeah it's it's funny because it's the same set of principles it's keyword research it's competitor analysis on page off page and data analysis the actual core is fairly easy to explain and understand, but it's just not. <laughs> it's it's a funny one. It's the paradox of SEO is that we all think it's simple. <laughs> we think it's really simple. Yes, potentially. Yeah, that's definitely up there. Uh, there are some technical bits. I mean, you know, I, I've used my network of, of SEO friends and I've, I've definitely got some real tech SEO stuff that I, I have to get help with. But I also find that increasingly I want a second opinion more than anything else. Because even if sometimes if I can be so sure, and if I'm too confident, I think, hmm, I don't want to be, 
you know, make too much of an assumption here. And this is why this kind of networking and this kind of befriending other people in SEO is so useful because we can ping each other messages back and forth now um, because it can help you spot some really obvious things sometimes. It's almost the obvious ones that go unnoticed. You've been doing it so long, it's just second nature. It, it, it is. I've got to tell you about the most obvious one that I ever found ever, ever, ever. Company built and had a new website built. Been live about three years. None of it was indexed. The site was all right. The content was all right. It was fine. It was in the state that state. It was in the uh, stage of development that most client sites are when when we get a hold of them. It's like, yeah, you've got a website. It, you've you've used some of the right words. You you got something going for it. But it wasn't indexed. Didn't appear anywhere at all. So one of the first things we do when we start working with any client, we have like an idiot checklist. And part of that idiot checklist is that. In WordPress, we make sure the developers haven't left a tick in the do not index this website. Or, you know, it says discourage search yes, engines. The, like robots text file. And they had. So the developer had launched the website and left left that tick in saying, Google, flat up ignore this. But it does go to show that sometimes checking the really obvious things is really important. It's always what you don't expect. And that's kind of what makes it fun. Right. This has been an absolutely wonderful conversation um what would you what would you like to see i know you said you're kind of seeing seeing how it develops fairly organically uh, pun intended what would you like to see happen in the next year what's one thing that you would think yeah i'm on the right path this is good i think if i could have five monthly clients just five clients so not all my eggs are in one basket mm-hmm. it's spread out it feels comfortable that way when I deal with the losing of a client, which is going to happen, it's business, it's what happens, it doesn't break my back or doesn't demoralize me entirely. It's a case of being able to run it consistently. And I suppose, I don't know what the right word is, just be economical. It's interesting that, yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, it's a very wise thing. I've been giving thought recently to the model that's been used by, there's a massive company called Ogilvy, who are a big advertising company. And the guy who started it, Mr. Ogilvy, <laughs> he's written some really good books. There's a book called uh, Confessions of an Advertising Man, which is just absolutely fantastic. But one of the principles of that company is they decide how many clients they're going to look after in one year. And they don't go above that. I think it's 12. It's like super low for such a massive, massive company. I say, look, 12 clients is is how many we need to be able to do a really good job for all of them. So kind of hearing you say five is is like, yeah, you've thought about this. You've thought about kind of level of quality and and your own security. It's the the model of it. The beauty of being on my own is I manage everything. So I do all of the content, all of the off page, all of the general stuff which means I have complete control over it. If I was to go over five and had to outsource it, you don't have the same faith. It's when it's just you, you know it's all being done as you want it, to the standard you want it. And it's at the end of the day, when it's just you, it's your name. So if someone comes in, they don't have the same values. It, it's diff, It's difficult because obviously I, I'm, I'm running an agency, a very small agency, and what you've hit on there is what's changed in my role compared to when I was a sole trader for, which I was for 11 years. 
what changes when you kind of move over to be an agency, even if you're a very small agency like SEO, is that a lot of your effort is focused on just making sure the delivery is as good as it can possibly be. And it requires a lot more steps compared to when you're, when you're an individual like you. So now that, that's good. That's maybe slightly wistful about the old days. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure, Matt. Um, we'll put links to your website and your LinkedIn in the show notes. And is there any thoughts you'd like to leave us with? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's been great. Cool. Well, I've thank you. really enjoyed it for my first podcast. Hey, I'm no longer a podcast virgin. Right. Well, thank you. Um, oh, I'll have to get you back at some point. I'm, I'm really, I'm really interested in speaking to anyone who's who's fairly new into business in SEO, and and I do seek people out who are fairly new to it because um, it's just a fascinating journey. So, so we'll have to get you back on in a few months' time um, and find out how things are progressing. But I'm going to say goodbye. Matt. Would you like to say goodbye? Yeah. Goodbye, Andrew. Thanks for that.